everyone to polk and kush it is thursday december 15th and smells like first place first place the top of the standings the altitude feels a little different here right now it's it's nice to see the pelicans in uh first place and i didn't photoshop it It wasn't like a fun goof where, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, the team was Solomon Hills in first place. That's something I would have done years ago. Now it is real. Yeah, or like when they're 1-0, you know, and everyone's like, first place, we did it, you know. Uh, Yeah, so very real first place. We'll get into a whole bunch of Pelicans talk. A lot of Pelican stuff happened, uh, but we'd be remiss if we did not start the show with the most pressing thing that's happening right now. And, you know, we know you're we're your trusted source for uh, news, weather and local information. Uh, praying for everybody on the West Bank. Yeah. Ward. I don't know who else got smashed with this thing tonight. A brutal tornado hit uh, New Orleans late this afternoon. And uh, I'm tired of this shit, man. Uh, is God sending a message to <laughs> the city of New Orleans? Every uh, 10 days, I'm like, man, it really does feel like, you know, they're just kind of telling us, like, you don't, why are you here? What are you doing? Hey, it's, stupid, get out. <laughs> like, it, it would also be kind of like one thing. If you're day-to-day, your pants are unzipped. Yeah, well, if that you're, was for you. That was a treat. <laughs> that's <laughs> the Patreon episode. <laughs> If it was a less stressful city to live in, I feel like these storms wouldn't be such a brutal <laughs> gut punch to so many. Yeah. But when your day-to-day is just... Yeah. It's uh, it's not easy. The at, last thing you need. You at know? Lower Ninth, Araby, uh West Bank. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like the I think it was the WDSU camera got like a tornado in the exact same spot as it did... God, that's crazy. Six months ago? I don't know when that was, and I honestly forgot about it, except for the fact that when it happened tonight, I was like, that could there was a tornado not that long ago. So in case you were wondering if God hates us, the answer is of course. Yeah. But we already knew that. Because of the uh, blaspheming, perhaps, (laughs) sacrilegious holidays, and most notably, this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, you know, it does feel very biblical at times. All of a sudden, you know, <laughs> there was they were saying that there may have been a tornado like in the Garden District. Yeah, I know like they were saying Annunciation and Chapatulas. As it was happening, I remember reading like they, somebody said they're like, if you're in the Garden District or whatever, it was like get you know get in shelter now or get in your position. I was like, because that's the thing is they never. They, the the warnings are very wide, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're out here in the burbs, and uh, it didn't really, I don't think it came all that close to us, you know, relatively. You know, when you're talking about a tornado, it's like it can kind of go anywhere. Um, but the thing comes in, it's like tornado warning in your area until 4.30. And I'm watching three kids, five and under, and they're like, take shelter. I'm like, am I supposed to just sit in a bathtub with five people right now and 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 just and pretend as if like this is like 
what we're gonna do like that that they're gonna be compliant in our uh strategy <laughs> of of getting through this tornado it's like i i'm kind of just winging a prayer here uh, i wish you could give me some street addresses for this would come <laughs> and i could uh, have a better understanding because yeah there is a point and i and i distinctly remember before i even had kids those things would you know your phone would light up you're like well that feels like somebody else's yeah. problem <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, it's the Seinfeld bit, right? The back of the cab. It's like, well, that sounds very dangerous. Glad it's not me. Isn't that problem? It's like, it's like yeah, they, uh, they, I think they, uh, I don't, I, I mean, there's certainly rules about the radius and all those kinds of things. And clearly, like the guy on Fox 8 today who had to like split the screen with the soccer game. I felt bad for that guy. Yeah. Everybody's cursing this guy out the whole day. The rain, it wasn't it hadn't even started raining in New Orleans yet. And this guy's chopping 90% of the screen away from the World Cup semifinal. Um, at least it wasn't a Saints game. <laughs> well, this year would have been great. <laughs> I, yeah, that's how you really know God hates us, is that they didn't do this during a Saints game. No, the power is going to stay on for every Saints game throughout the rest of the season. There will be no miscues. <laughs> you, will, you have no excuse not to watch full screen action of the Saints this year. I mean, your kids are of the age where they are ungovernable. Oh, yeah. You could not corral them into a bathtub unless it was filled with jelly beans. <laughs> I mean, one of them's a baby, so she doesn't really have any choice. Yeah, you've got her under the arm like a football. <laughs> exactly, yes. She lives her entire life being held in one arm while I'm swatting things away with the other arm. And so I'm like, don't lean forward. You have to learn to not lean forward as a baby. Um, it, yeah, and then the other two is just, you know, it's it's madness. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. You know, the, the, the roof could be ripping off, and the only thing I'd hear about is where Buzz Lightyear is. <laughs> We don't have a home anymore. Like, where's Buzz? Where is Jesse's hat? I was like, oh, who gives a shit? Um, the priorities are not exactly all there, uh, you know, for, for children that young. It was insane, though, man. It really was. I mean, I'm very thankful that a lot, I guess a lot of the city didn't lose power. That was shocking. Yeah. Obviously, those parts that were in the path. Uh, and, and honestly, that kind of showed you the path better than anything was. You looked at the energy map and you saw exactly where it went. Oh, through, yeah. Was where the part the areas that were out. So, you know, we lose power when it's like 71 degrees and sunny outside. And uh, but, you know, tornado ripping through half the city, <laughs> apparently resilient. But that's what we're paying those extra fees on the energy <laughs> bill for. I couldn't tell. Like my Internet was out when I got home and I was like, oh, a storm's brewing. Yeah. Or it's just a normal <laughs> yeah. Wednesday where my Internet isn't working anyway i don't even know if it's working right now i might have to drive to mcdonald's to upload this episode sponsored by mcdonald's fine by me yeah my storm strategy was uh in my wilder youth days was always just to go to the saint <laughs> because the saint doesn't have any windows that's and true. they're open that's true yeah they degaff and uh and they don't have any windows it's igor's a was a good one but that's an incredibly dangerous one <laughs> In general, so it's the same. yeah. <laughs> they they have the laundromat in, in Igor's, right? Yeah, yeah. I live next to there, okay. so I would go. I had a washer and dryer next to everywhere. That's to true. <laughs> I would go there and do my laundry, even though I had a washer and dryer, just so I could pound down some eight dollar Bud Lights and do karaoke later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we are, uh, you know, I'm sure we have listeners on the West Bank or, you know, at least people that know people who were affected. Um, 
it sucks. Uh, I feel genuinely just very, very bad. Hopefully this podcast provides, you know, an hour of, you know, respite as you're, you know, dealing with bullshit uh, the rest of this week and hopefully longer, but or hopefully not longer. But yeah, it sucks. I'm just tired of it, man. It's just the middle of December. You just like don't think of natural disaster no. in Louisiana at that time. No, tornado is a summertime activity. Right? At least where I'm from. That's what, I mean, I guess I always just kind of picture it with hurricane season, which has a season, yeah. you know, like football season, hurricane mm-hmm. season. They're like very much like months of the year. Uh, this is, uh, this sucks. I'm, you know, a terrible Christmas present for a lot of people. And uh, hopefully we'll see some outreach. Hopefully some People who live here will do some stuff and help some people. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, thinking about everybody on the yeah. on the West Bank and, and in those areas. And when LaToya gets back, she's going to be heartbroken. <laughs> Can somebody text her and tell her what's going on? <laughs> FYI, I did see Scott Walker was on the scene because I guess a lot of it was in Jefferson Parish. And Scott Walker was on the scene wearing a... He had a jacket that said Scott Walker Council at Large embroidered on it. And then he was wearing a hat that said Scott Walker Council at Large. It's like, uh, hey, man, who are you? (laughs) 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 Uh, That's like uh, worse than being the guy who wears the T-shirt of the band to go see them. Yeah. Like, this is just me wearing a bunch of stuff with my own butt. And then they interviewed some other guy. And he was flat out just wearing a campaign sticker. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, was this a joke against Scott Walker or was Dominic Impostato really put a sticker on his Patagonia before he went out there? You could tell he was like walking out the door and was like, ah, they got to, I got, I got to do something. <laughs> he like stapled a bookmark to his jacket and went out there. This is my chance going to go stand next to a wrecked Winn-Dixie and say that I'm here for everybody. <laughs> then, I'm gonna, then the second the cameras leave, I'm going to be like, all right, see you guys. Good luck. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, that's, I mean, nature of the biz with politicians, but it just seemed particularly grotesque how yeah. people were like advertising, you know, the next time that my house gets knocked down in a natural disaster, I'm going to wear one of those NASCAR suits with a bunch of sponsorships on them to get some TV time. Maybe a Polk and Kush rain jacket could be <laughs> the right. next merch, something like that. A Morris Bart poncho. That's what we're looking yeah. for. Yes. If we could get Polk and Kush sandbags for next spring. <laughs> Get those uh, branded. That's what we need. Yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah. Every branding opportunity is a new avenue to make money. That's what I used to say when I worked in advertising. That is something you say when you work in advertising. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to steal that probably at some (laughs) point. (laughs) When you know you're full of shit in your job, whenever you say the words at any point, branding opportunity. Let's see what we can do to really create a vision of success for our customer brand. Sometimes I'll just... Are you okay? Do you have COVID? Uh, You just have to say synergy a couple times. Sometimes I'll write like paragraphs and statements for certain things. And like it'll just be in my head. It's just filler text. Like this makes no sense. This is... Some Don Draper words, yeah. some synergy, and some Instagram highlight reels. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, clients are like, that's great. I, <laughs> I love, love it. I love this vision. Yeah. I can really picture it. I'm like, really? Because I made it up. <laughs> it's all made up. <laughs> it's not going to be, this isn't going to work with you. Think your car wash will, in fact, not get any more people at it. <laughs> 
I would, you know, it turns out I don't know shit. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad. Like the storm, very bad. Thoughts and prayers with everybody. But it gave me the only thing I hadn't talked about up top was the movie Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> So it gave us something. <laughs> what is that movie? It's a movie from a foreign director. Okay. I don't know his name. Archie I don't Francis. know any of the actors in it except Woody Harrelson, who's okay. in it for five minutes. Nice. It is a very tongue. Did you watch uh, Don't Look Up? Uh, I saw enough about it to know that I would never watch it. Don't Look Up is a new brand of movie where they think that the people watching it are very stupid and they tell them very blatantly what is good and what is bad. Sure. This movie, Triangle of Sadness, was that capitalism is bad and uh, that the working class is smarter than the elite class. Okay. Uh, How's that working out? It just wasn't fun or funny. Nope. And it was two and a half hours long and it ended on a cliffhanger. That sounds great. You <laughs> stayed the full two and a half hours? I stayed in my house okay. the full two and a half hours. <laughs> Dude, I... Uh... It's a new movie. I'm, I still have this thirst for new, new yeah. movies. Yeah. I could have watched a classic movie I've never seen. I could have watched the fucking Rosebud movie. <laughs> Or, Citizen Kane. I could have yes. watched Citizen Kane. I've never yes. seen that yes. clearly. Yeah. But no, I watched this art school nonsense. <sighs> it's a bunch of basket weavers patting themselves on the back, going, <laughs> ah, yes, the Monopoly guy <laughs> is bad. It is. It it is there is a thirst and like a uh, just a desire to be like, hey, it's a movie made for adults with adults in it. And there's no special effects. <laughs> and and it's, it's they're not going to be you know like playing heavy metal and someone's going to jump out of the sky and you know knock someone six blocks away you know like this is uh it, it so it's like oh a dialogue fr- I started watching the West Wing again okay that's how yeah. thirsty I was for just people talking to each other <laughs> I was like the, I I was literally just scrolling through HBO Max is like everything sucks yeah everything. I I've been doing the same thing, not West Wing, but The Sopranos. Yeah, people yep. wonder why you talk about TV with people. People still talk about Breaking Bad, uh-huh. The Sopranos, West Wing. Yep. Suddenly, Susan, <laughs> two guys, girl, <laughs> pizza place. Yes. There's a reason, and it's because everything's bad now. Yeah, I'm convinced there's something good. It's just so goddamn hard to find, and you have to invest so much time because everything's like a television show. I think the last good TV show I saw that could be considered new was Severance. Oh, yeah. I did not see that. My wife Nobody has Apple. She seemed to enjoy it. Nobody has Apple. Yeah. I mean... Dude, it's a uh, it's not a wasteland because there's a million things on it. It's just impossible to parse out what's good and what's bad. I'm yeah. not going to invest the time. I have like a, a 45 minutes free to myself in front of a television a week. Yeah, I'm not going to waste it. You know, look <laughs> watching some piece of shit that I find out five hours deep is a piece of shit. You know, you talking about the Saints game? Yeah, <laughs> I waste three hours a weekend on that. Uh, you know, normally uh, tonight I watched Elf for the one thousandth time, oh, so yeah. that was very funny. I kind of forgot how funny that is. This is just legitimately funny. It's a good hour and a half. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I enjoyed that very much. But yeah, now I'm watching The West Wing again. I know everything that happens, and I've seen it a hundred times. It's ooze report is going to come out tomorrow morning in the San Francisco Chronicle. What are we going to do? <laughs> like, oh, no. 
The first episode is a, a problem with the beeper. Doesn't everybody have Palm Pilots in West Wing? <laughs> like have, with the little stylus? Yeah, and they have the, the first episode is about a, someone's beeper. How you can really tell the West Wing is dated is all of the couples are the same race. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have coronavirus? Uh, you're, you're hitting me in the deep in the uh, in the COVID field. I need to get you a lozenge. Yeah, I know. I need a I need a lot of things in my life. Uh, <laughs> one thing I do have is a first place basketball team to watch. Thank God. And not just you, all of New Orleans. Yeah. It's something we can all rejoice in finally, something to bring the community to- together. I went to the game uh Sunday yeah. against Phoenix. It felt like the second round of the playoffs. Oh man. It was packed. It was 2:30 p.m. on a Sunday. It was like totally slammed. Everybody was into it. People were booing the hell out of Chris Paul every time he touched <laughs> the ball. Uh, there was very, like, from the opening tip, there was, like, real care and passion. And uh, Pelicans played well. Uh, not perfect, but well. And then uh, ended up finishing it off in overtime. Thanks to Chris Paul getting, you know, a call overturned on him. And it was a great thing. And... Seven-game winning streak ends in Utah. New Orleans, like the wheels just kind of fell off, couldn't make a shot. And uh, simultaneously, Utah sort of hit everything and beat them by 22. 21, actually, sorry. Some of us had a plus right. twenty and a half on the live line. Thanks, <laughs> Billy Hernan Gomez, trying to run the fast break in the last uh, 30 seconds there. That was very helpful. I didn't hear any MVP chants when he did that. No, that was, I mean, the last four minutes there, I'm the only person in the world who cared because I had plus 20 and a half. You were the only person in the world watching. Yeah, I was, and it was a disaster. Jackson Hayes came in the game, caught the ball standing out of bounds, then the next possession, they threw it to him. He was eight feet behind the three-point line of the wing and bricked like the back iron, like the way that I do at like the you know the Riley Center. Like it was horrific looking. I was like, well, this guy's clearly locked in. Has been <laughs> planted on the bench for a month, and this is his first run. Just like turnover, horrific three. Like get out of there. You cannot blame Jackson. No, for no, no. Playing no. from the bench. That's where he's been the whole time. Yes. I- <laughs> He's a, he knows the bench because it's his home. <laughs> yes. I mean, anytime they've shown Jackson this season, he's been like building a ship in a bottle <laughs> on the bench. He's putting together a thousand piece puzzle. <laughs> you can't blame this guy. He's definitely taking edibles before the game, right? Crescent Canna. <laughs> exactly. Canna yeah. Moons. Official sponsor of Jackson Hayes, maybe. We don't know. <laughs> He's putting the freeze roller across his forehead. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It, it. We got to see Garrett Temple mm-hmm. for a minute. Kyra? All the, yeah, it was, it was actually good to see Kyra back out there. Yeah, that was nice. So Kyra Lewis was back on the floor for a little bit. He looks fast. Still fast. It's kind of the one skill I'd say he has. It's just like uh, you know a plus skill. So hopefully he gets a little more chance to get run. I don't know how he's going to get it, though. This team is just very deep. Uh, we've talked about it before. They're very deep. They're very good. Uh, they are a really strong regular season team. They're going to have to perform better on the road uh, this season. They have been really, really good at home. I think they're 10-3 and three at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two games against Phoenix were very stirring. You saw very emotional. And it was... Uh, I, I don't know if they're the best team in the West, 
But they're definitely not like it's not outrageous to think they could hang on to that spot. I think in the West, you can focus on the Pelicans can beat any team in the West. Yeah. And it's not just kind of there were bursts in the tiny playoff run last season where you could see them get one or two in a row. And it made sense with the team. And it it made sense when they faltered after that. Yeah. The Pelicans are at a point now where I think they could win a series against anybody in the West. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I wouldn't say they're the best team in the West. They're too young to definitively put a stamp on it and say, this is the best team. They're not uh, smart enough out there. They're not experienced enough. They're not well-rounded enough. There's still some miscues on defense, particularly from Zion. The Pelicans, I think, need a big who is not Billy Hernan Gomez. Yeah. There are just other gaps that that teams have filled, but the raw talent of the Pelicans is what's propelling them right now. Agreed, and the fact they're doing it without Brandon Ingram does display the depth. Um, We'll talk about Ingram in a a minute, but it does very clearly show that there uh, is room to grow with this team. They're playing very well for the most part, and they have the engine, you know? Uh, Right. So often... You were wondering, how is Zion going to fit in here? Where is he going to really, like, he hadn't played in so long, and he's never played on this team when they were good. Uh, what's that going to look like? And it turns out it looks pretty goddamn good. Yeah. He is uh, spectacular. He is everything as advertised, everything he was two years ago. Just a freight train moving downhill at the basket. He is uh performing at an MVP level, even in last night's game, which was a disaster on every other front. Zion, I think, ended up with 28 points and shot, you know, 60, 70%. Like, it doesn't matter what you do against anybody else. He is going to get his. And the fact that everybody else played so bad around him only makes it more ridiculous what he's doing because the entire defense is geared to stop him. Yeah. And like, there's no other threat on the floor and he's doing what he's doing. And it is, uh, it's amazing. And I'm curious how much longer he can keep it up. But if he does continue what he's done the last, uh, 10, 10, 12 days, uh, he will be right there in the MVP conversation. I mean, it, it is the embodiment of MVP right now. Yeah. He is playing. Uh, Zion has fixed a lot of the problems with his offensive game. Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing those feather handed layups that would go in one out of three times uncontested. Yeah. And now he is. Uh, you can see his attitude is developing the right way towards who he is and what he can do physically. I like seeing Zion out there pissed off. I like seeing him flex and talk shit and say that somebody's too small. Yeah. Because that comes out in his game. He is finishing hard at the hole. Yeah. And he's in the MVP conversation right now because of it. Last night was an MVP level performance. Maybe even more so because it it just showed how important he is to this team. When other players aren't hitting their shots, Zion is still stepping up and getting almost 30 points. I think Zion from two seasons ago would have been, oh, shucks, we're losing. Everybody's missing. Yeah. He he has the dog in him. He does. And, uh, and I think he displayed it doing that 360 windmill dunk to end the game against Phoenix. Uh, it's caused a lot of controversy because Chris Paul decided that this was the moment in which he was going to care about unwritten rules of basketball. You know, the guy who 
kick somebody in the nuts and yeah. the guy who you know punches people in the ribs and the guy the guy who does essentially the rick flair of the nba like the dirtiest <laughs> player in the game and just constantly trying to gain an edge in every little itty bitty way possible now he's worried about unwritten rules uh of the nba when zion does a sick dunk uh, to kind of bring the crowd to his feet. And credit to Zion. He didn't back down from it. He didn't apologize. He didn't say it. He just was like... He said it was a little out of character. Yeah. And that's completely true from, from what we know from Zion. Yeah. He's unleashing the beast, and he, he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> no, and he's willing to... I think he wants to be part of a team with swagger. And he's never really had to be the guy who really provides all the swagger. And... uh he does like CJ McCollum's a nice guy, but he's not going to talk a lot of shit. You know, uh, Brandon Ingram is really quiet. And so it's going to be on Zion in a lot of ways to be the, the kind of the heartbeat of who they are. And it's good to see that, you know, Alvarado is always going to be, you know, the, the, the peppery. Dog, yes. The dog chirping in the background and, and getting under people's skin. But you need Zion to take that, that role. And uh, I like that he did it. I think it was really good. And I think the fact they came out and beat them again Sunday and he played so well Sunday really solidified like, hey, I- I'm going to be this dude now. This is this Absolutely. is who I'd like to be. And that is uh, a great sign for the Pelicans that this team is going to play with a lot of confidence and walk into every game thinking not only are we going to win, we're going to push you around. And, you know, that is not an attitude this franchise has ever had as far as I know. Yeah, and it was hard for me to gauge if there was actual controversy around it or if it was just a notable thing and then a little dust up after. Yeah. You know, Aiton said after the game that he didn't care. Sure. Zion's putting on a show for paying fans. You know, there were the arguments of, well, Chris Paul tried to get a layup with eight seconds left. Yeah. The Suns uh, were up 20 in game five of the semifinals against, uh, or the quarterfinals with, uh, who was Dallas? Dallas, yeah. and and they basically did the same thing yes. there. You know it, but that kind of shit lives on Twitter so much. And I don't, I don't watch national basketball news. I don't, I don't know if anything can. Yeah. but I don't know if it was a coming out party for Zion nationally mm-hmm. as being that dude. Yeah, but it was for me. Definitely, I, I thought it made me think of him differently, and I thought it was a very good thing that he's willing to be that guy who like. It be, is okay being like a lightning rod of controversy. Uh, this is the same guy who was a little trepidatious of saying what he likes to eat at Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, like, that, that, you know, it's the same guy. So the fact that he's willing to show, you know, his swagger in other ways, I think it's important. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think it's as important as his play by any stretch, but I do think it matters that he's gaining the type of confidence that allows him to do that campaign. Uh, who has the ugliest shot in the history of the NBA he is somebody who said it was not sportsmanlike. The game was over. And it's like, you know what, dude? Shut up. Yeah. And your campaign. Yeah. And they had an opportunity. Your name is a mode on Call of Duty. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and they had an opportunity to do something about it on Sunday. And they didn't. And I think that speaks volumes. Um, I am concerned about Brandon Ingram at this point. It's weird to miss. I think he's now missed eight games with a bruised toe. He got scans. He got images taken for a bruised toe. What's the image going to say? It's a bruise. The image, uh, the technology has progressed where it can say if it's an ouchie. <laughs> or a boo-boo. Or a boo-boo. 
it is very weird. So it's like obviously he felt increased pain, I suppose. So you w- I don't know why else you'd take images again um, to confirm that he all- he still hasn't broken anything. And the guy holding the camera <laughs> dropped it on his foot. So now we're back at square one. And like unless he was out there punning pumpkins, I don't know what he's doing <laughs> that would have re-aggravated like, or made the toe somehow worse. It's a bruise. And it's not, you know... I get that a toe injury is tough because it requires a lot of you. And uh, obviously, I think a lot of people have Michael Thomas syndrome where they're, you know, expecting the worst yep. every time they hear anything. Uh, but it's not even a sprain. It's literally just a contusion. Uh, and so I don't know what you, know, you stick your, you know, it's like Michael Scott trying to stick his, you know, barbecued foot into the x-ray machine, you know, <laughs> the MRI machine in the office. Like, well, what are you hoping to find? Like, the, you can kind of judge a bruise. By looking at the bruise, I don't know what else there is there. So it came back, obviously, with not, not saying anything. And uh, this is another one of the circumstances with Ingram where it's like, look, we've all given AD a lot of shit over the years. Yes, uh, we have. Street clothes Davis. He's earned the reputation of, like, you know, never met an MRI machine he didn't like. All these things. He missed a lot of games. Ingram misses just as many games. Yeah. He has a lot of soft tissue stuff that happens, and he misses way more time than you expect. Meanwhile, Jose Alvarado is clearly injured, clearly, and is out there and has not missed a single game. Jose is not going back. No, because he's like, I'm going to (laughs) play. Yeah, And so Ingram's got to figure it out. He obviously doesn't. uh, He wants to be more right like he wants to be significantly healthier when he's playing and i get that but simultaneously like you gotta play games uh and and i don't know how long you can miss he's gonna miss a month i think this is a third week now that we're on that he's out out and yesterday yesterday tuesday they said that it would be a week before reevaluation. yeah because they say he's not going to play on the road trip so that means he's not going to play uh, Thursday at Utah. He's not going to play. Is it Saturday in Phoenix or Friday in Phoenix? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But uh, it's you know, it, it just sucks to not see him because the most important aspect of the next four months for this team is figuring out how McCollum and Zion and Ingram all fit together. And you know, this team has shown it's deep enough to win a whole bunch of regular season games, but they've got to do more in the playoffs. Those three guys have got to learn how to mesh and play well together. And right now we have almost no evidence of that because they've never played together because all three of them have been hurt at separate times. There have been seven games this season where CJ, Brandon, and, and Zion have played together. Was it the – I mean, it was like the first three weeks of the season. I mean, it it would seem like it. It's Saturday at the Suns. Okay. Um, with Brandon Ingram – you know, I said on the last episode, it's not going to be an issue as long as the team is winning. Sure. But it is a huge translucent question mark kind of hovering around. And it's not it's it's not ideal that he's not playing right now because the, the Pelicans are really hitting a stride. Yeah. And if you're going to throw in a basketball stranger into real games 30 games into the season that's going to throw off the momentum and it's going to throw off the, how the team functions a little bit, I would think. At least to some degree. I mean, to some degree, you just want to have reps. He has barely played with Zion in two years. 
I think it's a little less important CJ missing games. He, uh, we haven't seen Ingram and Zion really figure out how to flow together in the paint. Yeah, their their kind of uh, working relationship is they're both very talented, mm-hmm. but they they don't have great flow yet. I CJ being out doesn't affect Zion that yeah. in in that form. So I think it's a lot more important that Ingram is missing these games. Yeah, and ultimately, I think it will be fine. I, uh, it is just frustrating that these are not... It's not a broken leg. It's yeah. not a. It's not even a, a, a high ankle sprain. You know, things that you expect take three, five weeks, and, and, you know, it's like, ah, God, he broke some ribs. What, you know, there's things that... There's almost every one of these injuries he's had, with the exception of... The major stuff he had in L.A., I don't think that's anywhere in this conversation. Um, most of it is soft tissue stuff, and yeah. it just keeps him out for way longer. You know, this seems like a one-to-two game injury, and instead it's eight to nine games. And, now, and who knows how long this is going to be now if he's getting – if he's clearly not progressing off a bruise. I What can ha- – I, I just – I'm not a doctor. I don't understand how a bruise can get worse without you playing on it. Yeah, uh, can we get a doctor on the show? Maybe <laughs> just call like call somebody. He finds I what what doctor handles bruises? The school nurse is that is that who handles that? <laughs> it, it's very odd to me. Well, it, you know, I it makes me think like, well, maybe he had some other injury that he was playing through before, sure. and this is something that I do know that the last time we talked about a player in New Orleans having a bruise and going, what the hell is going on with your bruise, buddy? Yeah. The next day, he was declared out for the season. Yes. So I'm hoping that that trend does not continue currently. Yes, that would be uh, unfortunate for sure. Uh, the other big piece of news that occurred uh, this week locally is Jeff Duncan wrote a column on Sunday uh, basically saying that the Saints should kind of do everything to get Sean Payton back. Now, I like Jeff Duncan. Jeff Duncan's a friend. Uh, that There is a, a, a portion of the New Orleans media that kind of lives in the cult of Sean and that the Saints have really not been successful other than Sean Payton, so therefore they don't think that anyone can be successful except for Sean Payton. Uh, and so I, I do think as long as he's not coaching somewhere, there's always going to be that kind of out there. But I also know Jeff Duncan is very well connected and that you don't write this column for literally no reason. And in it, he basically said there's sources that said that it is a possibility. And, uh, you know, I've had my issues with Sean Payton but I do think he's a hell of a lot better than the coach they have there now. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to argue that. <laughs> and so if they were to go out and pay him a boatload of money and, and try to you know bring him back, I don't know how I'd feel about it, but I think I'd feel better about it than Dennis Allen being the coach next year. It's, it's an odd situation because are you just going to forgive and forget abandoning the team because it wasn't good? which I think most people will agree was Sean Payton's M.O. 
Yeah. At this point. Yeah. There was a lot of fluffy talk and misty-eyed tributes to Sean whenever yes. he left. People did not want to talk about why he was like, oh, he's just retiring. Yeah. He's going to be on TV now. This man is done with football. Yeah. And now we're talking about him coming back to the team. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Winning will take the taste out and you'll forget about it. Yeah. But that's not a good look for players that are possibly going to be on a new Sean Payton-led Saints team. Like, oh, if you guys stink, he's just going to go back to NBC. Yeah, that's. I I think a lot of this is because he sucks at TV. Yeah. I think he knows he sucks at TV. Uh, well, maybe he could take up skateboarding, guitar, <laughs> karate. Is there another hobby he could do instead of coming? It It's just been done. The Band-Aid's been ripped off. Yeah. Yeah, and essentially since the summer, he's told everyone, yeah, I want to continue to coach. I just didn't want to coach this year's Saints team. And it's like, all right, well, that's just weird that you're, like, abandoning the franchise or whatever. And it's like, and then he, I th I've heard him talking today, I think, to Ryan Rosillo, where all of his comments were like, it's not about the quarterback. It's about having the front office that you trust and an ownership group that you trust. It's like, you don't trust your best friend, Mickey Lewis? Yeah. You don't trust Gail Benson, who's given you literally everything you've ever asked for and then some? Like, what are you talking about? Like, is he delusional? Is he full of shit? I can't figure out what it is. But at the same time, you're going like, is there a better option for this franchise than to bring back Sean Payton, who clearly is a, if nothing else, is a good coach and is a significantly better coach than Dennis Allen and probably a better coach than anyone that they could go out and replace Dennis Allen with. I mean, what are we are we going to do like the the Disney Plus thing of like, hey, remember back when it was good and reboot the Saints <laughs> with all the Saints? Is Dennis Allen going to go back to his position on the Saints? Yeah. Are we going to drag Tom Brady over here so we can show how bad an old quarterback can be on the Saints? <laughs> It's really a, the first time I would say uh, that you're that you're seeing how problematic, or at least how f potentially problematic, it is that all the people who run actually run the Saints, which would be all the people at the very top of the, you know, Gail Benson is the owner, but then everybody underneath her basically is you know does the operations of the team. All those people have essentially been in place since Tom Benson was like, oh, things are going very well. And then Tom Benson got sick and then Tom Benson died. And all those people are still in place from the entire operation of the organization. And it's like there it does feel like they don't want to move on. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of there of like. And I get Mickey Loomis is like Mickey Loomis basically, you know, uh, uh, as untouchable as any GM in the league because of the position that he's in. And so you just got this like it feels like they're never going to just rip the bandaid off, declare this thing needs a reset and go from there. And so that's why the idea of bringing back Sean Payton, who is still under contract, he can't go anywhere else until unless the Saints trade him. It just 
doesn't seem like they're ever willing to move on. And it's like if you had fresh people running the organization, they probably wouldn't give a shit that Sean Payton was good three years ago. Like, who cares? Right. Like, let's just go get another. There's other good football coaches that exist in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and and it, certainly this Dennis Allen thing was a complete flop because you wanted to stay with that continuity because they so desperately believed in the past of the Saints. And it failed. And so now you, uh, I understand the desire to bring him back. I hate the uh, motivation to do so because that thought is so regressive when you think about the future of the organization. Like, yeah, let's just bring this guy back. You know, he's good. It's like, yeah, but that's not what's going to solve the problems. You need people to think different than they did before. And some of the problems are stuff that they can't change, like not having draft picks. Yeah. Betting on the wrong horse repeatedly. Yeah. And... You know, it. We, we've seen bad teams, or at least below average teams, go to Super Bowl contenders in what, about three seasons, two and a half seasons? Mm-hmm. You can see a six-win, five-win, six-win team go to being a contender in about three seasons with a good young quarterback. It would not take that long for the Saints to rebuild. People just don't want to do it. Yeah, there's not like... I think I saw a stat today that the only coach who's been with their team since 2019 and hasn't won a playoff game is Cliff Kingsbury. And he'll be fired next year. Yeah. Or, you know, at the end of the season. Like, these teams cycle through coaches quickly. And if you're not successful, move on to the next one. Arizona was, you know, a Super Bowl contender last season. They were talked about as one this season. Yeah. And it's like, but you just. It is, it is not rare in the NFL to have to f- kind of go through coaches until you find the right one, and then you kind of roll with it from there. Uh, and and I get why they want stability, but stability isn't seem, doesn't seem like who the best teams in the NFL right now. Are any of them the product of stability? No, and I, Sean Payton is not stability. He's proven to be the opposite of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at times, certainly, and uh, and and quitting in the middle of his. Well, I mean, that's what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, quitting in the middle of his tenure is is quite the opposite of it. You're right. Uh, so that whole thing just found I found very strange. Um, I don't know what to make of it as as far as how true it is and those sorts of things. I, I don't doubt Jeff Duncan for a second that there is a possibility that exists. I think it is worth discussing. Yeah. Um, but you know, the realistic chances of it, who knows. Uh, the only other thing that's going on with the Saints right now is Cam Jordan is very pissed. He got hit with a very big fine yeah. for faking an injury. Yeah, they said. allegedly. And this happens in college, uh, like 50 plays a game. Yeah. And the NCAA just is like, we'll write a sternly worded letter at the end of the season. This was a $50,000 fine to Cam personally, and I think about $500,000 in fines just in general yeah. to the Saints organization. I think Dennis Allen got hit with like a 100000 or $200,000 fine. You got to win the game if you're going <laughs> to... Like, what? This poor guy gets to the office like, you know, everyone hates me. I'm going to get fired. Like, And then it's like, oh, yes, by the way, sir, we're going to need a, a hundred and fifty grand uh, sent to you because Cam Jordan injured his foot and had to come off out of the game. Uh, That's going to be a bounce check. I, I, I just can't imagine 
it almost feels like the message of just getting it out there of saying we're going to find guys for faking an injury is more the, I don't think they're ever going to collect the money. Especially yeah. because Cam Jordan's like, I got an MRI. I was on crutches the entire bye week. Or like I had like this fat foot the entire bye week. He's like, I was obviously hurt. Yeah. It's like, this is crazy. That and like, why would he want to come out on fourth down in that situation? He should have blamed Mark Ingram. And like, you want to talk about somebody faking an injury? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not gonna get you're not gonna say he's faking an injury <laughs> saying he's hurt after he forgot to put the ball on the right hand to get the first down yeah um uh, yeah I, the, the whole thing was very odd it's in, that's in, that's saints like tinfoil hat fuel yes, forever yes but it's it's like you know the city of new orleans owes people like four million dollars in mm-hmm. court fees from lost cases that they're <laughs> never gonna pay that's what this is yes yes oh but the money's on the way don't worry <laughs> Ever see that? Uh, there was a thirty for thirty on the guy who tried to buy the Islanders, but he didn't have enough money to buy them, <laughs> and so like it came down to like nut cutting time, and he just kept sending checks for like the wrong amount. Like we're gonna need fifteen million dollars <laughs> right now, and he sent a check for fifteen hundred. <laughs> He's like, "Whoops, I don't know what happened." He's like, "Give me another day," you know. That's a that, better call, Saul move. <laughs> that's that's exactly what is uh, is gonna happen with the Saints. They're gonna send a check for you know five hundred dollars to, to the <laughs> NFL. Be like, "Oh wait, hang on, is that not right?" Uh, anything else with the Saints? I don't think so. And now I think we can get into the old Nola breakdown. Let's do it. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> There's people are always complaining in New Orleans, and this isn't even on the docket, but. This week, people have been complaining about Chick-fil-A. Have you seen this? Oh, because there's like a couple new ones. Yeah. There's one opening on my way to bring one of my kids to school. I've seen people calling it hate chicken. Oh, boy. Which is a very... Like, people that say that, you know, they call raccoons trash pandas. They <laughs> they use the phrase awesome sauce. <laughs> sports epic, ball. Sports ball, epic bacon. It falls in line with that. <laughs> Half the time I go to Chick-fil-A, it is somebody in the community serving me. Yes. So I don't like also spoiler alert, every single successful company is owned by conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It turns out they're all assholes. I don't guys. know if there's any <laughs> correlation there, if it's just a big coincidence, but it seems like <laughs> the successful people that are happy and have money and businesses usually lean a tad. I don't know. I go to Wendy's because Dave Thomas was way into the LGBTQ <laughs> plus IA uh, can, you know, movement. You were adopted, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. People are like, oh, the traffic's going to be bad. The traffic already is bad. Yeah, that's because there's usually people who are stabbed to death on the, one of the lanes. <laughs> Somebody got murdered during the tornado. That's commitment right there. Man, I you've got a great defense. I was holding the gun. <laughs> And the wind blew the trigger. It fired the gun for me. (laughs) Yeah, there's one. They said there was somebody died during during the tornado. I was like, are they including the murdered guy? I was like, there was also someone murdered. That's that's a whole new Venn diagram. And it's just like New Orleanians are diametrically opposed to anything clean, efficient, Mm -hmm. nice, and affordable. Yeah. 
I know that I know I can go get grandma's homemade chicken biscuit at the two name Los Angeles style, whatever the fuck in the Bywater for $28. (laughs) But you know who won't? There won't be a smiling gay Christian youth handing it to me saying, yes, your excellency or whatever the fuck they say. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is that the... You know how that group is the minority is because every time you go to one of these places, they're packed. Yeah. Like they're pa- Raisin Cane's is a line around the block every single time. It's not good. It's just I won't get stabbed with a needle <laughs> just, for asking for more napkins. I don't have to get out of my car. It will be somewhat fast. And I, you know, it's, it's all it takes. And yeah, I don't really love fast food either, but like. I mean, open up as many Chick-fil-A as you want. Who gives a crap? Uh, is anyone else opening up anything in New Orleans yeah. right now? <laughs> a morgue? There's a new Melba's on Tulane <laughs> Avenue. That's true. I do like that. I, I like I like Melba's as well. Who's going to go to that Melba's on Tulane Avenue? It's open 24 hours. So like, you got to go to the Tulane <laughs> Avenue like 3 o'clock in the morning and sit outside to eat. It's probably going to be people leaving, uh, what are the, 12-mile limit, yeah. people getting thrown out of uh, Finn McCool's. <laughs> Uber drivers who've been carjacked. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the cops to show up, waiting for about 12 hours. People that have been thrown out of the Chick-fil-A down the street. <laughs> exactly, yes. Chick-fil-A workers. Yes. You you can get a daiquiri at Melba's, walk down the street with it. I do love Melba's, though. I do, too. Bless them for opening on Tulane <laughs> Avenue. For a 24-hour restaurant. We'll do a live show there someday. We should. Um... What else is in the news? The NOPD has unveiled new ATVs. I would call these mules. I don't know if that is a generally known term for the style of ATV. No. It's is like it a Polaris. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That's a that's the style. Okay. Uh, a model, you would say. Okay. The mule is is what we call it from Raccoon Fart, Louisiana. <laughs> But these are like souped-up golf carts. Yeah. And the NOPD has gotten them to help with the French Quarter Patrol. The French Quarter Patrol is uh, Steve. (laughs) He likes cigarettes and pornography. It's just one guy, Steve. He's got the whole French Quarter. But uh, I mean, well, all the criminals are riding ATVs around. We might as well have the cops on them, too. This is what I wonder. Did, like, somebody donated these? That's what... I heard I was yeah. I, they had some press conference where the guy just like was like, yeah, here's some ATVs. Was it our tax money or <laughs> no, it was just I'm, some guy? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. through whatever. If you if you follow the line long enough, yeah. well, eventually this guy probably stole tax dollars for something, which yeah. then came back. And then he's going to use that to write off against future tax dollars. It's a very long money laundering scheme. <laughs> yes. That no one has the energy to follow. Yeah, so that'll be fine. But that's good because now they can chase the uh, the four wheeler guys. Sure. Through all the lights. Yeah. I saw a video of like four wheeler people in another city, and they were all like, there was a motor, there were some motorcycles mixed in, and they all flew through a light. And one guy who wasn't with him, he was just on a motorcycle, stopped at the light, <laughs> and then the cops like sped up and like circled him. They're like, get on the fucking ground. <laughs> he was like, I'm the only one that's. I'm the one who stopped. Yeah. Like, yes, you're the easy target. Yes. 
I mean, that, I mean, guess good for the cops. I mean, I guess Steve now has a little bit more uh, yeah. operational room to cover some more ground. <clears throat> well, he needs to be covering Felipe's. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about this story. I'm doing no. Jay Leno. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? A man was robbed in front of Felipe's. Not all that crazy. I get robbed in Felipe's <laughs> every time I eat there. It's, How much is the queso, bro? It's like $17 <laughs> at... And the the Felipe's uh, by Ra- uh, Rouse's or Winn Dixie is still good. Mid- that one's good. Yeah, 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 the one in the French Quarter is dog shit and super expensive, but they are very nice. This episode sponsored by <laughs> Felipe's. I go there a lot. <laughs> I can say it's shitty because I go there like two times a week. Uh, this story's on Nola.com. Man robbed by woman who, quote, started dancing on him in the French Quarter. Man says he was robbed by a woman who started dancing on him. Uh, it was reported to authorities at 1.37 a.m. Tuesday in the 300 block of North Peter Street. The 39-year-old man said he was outside when an unidentified woman took his wallet while dancing with him. The two fought over the wallet, police said, before the woman ran away with it. It feels like this probably gets reported 4% of the time. I feel like there's more to this story. I feel like this happens 100 times a day down there. It probably does. There's not... This is this was happened on Tuesday at 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. There's not a lot going on in front of Felipe's at 1.30. No. I think this guy was hammered. Yes. And I think he was at Coyote Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like on the same. It's a, it's a little ways down the. I cannot bar. believe that's still open. It is. <laughs> I just see like construction workers in there on their lunch break. Are there really girls dancing on the bar and stuff still? I don't think they do that. Okay. But they you know they make the gals behind the bar wear a tank top or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. That was a. Uh, you remember that movie? Yeah. That was a real piece of marketing. <laughs> yeah between that and varsity blues my rewind button (laughs) on the vhs got blue worn out yeah uh there was uh i think this happens all the time the amount of people when i was in my 20s the amount of people i knew who had like known someone who came in town essentially like jumped into a car with you know some woman ended up being robbed slash drug slash whatever and of course, they never called the cops because it's like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. it happened. You know, like they blame themselves. They're blackout drunk. So I feel like it gets reported almost never. I think that exact thing of like, woman starts randomly dancing on you. You're very drunk. You don't do anything. And then she takes all of your stuff. And then you're kind of just standing there like, oh, what the hell just happened? I think that happens all the time. Additional theory. And this one is based even more in reality than my Coyote Ugly one. I think these people were uh, making love. And not dancing. In the alley or alcove around there. Yeah. And the wallet was stolen. Ah. I've, uh, at one o'clock in the, during the day, I have seen <laughs> people uh, copulating uh, in that alleyway next to Felipe's. And now Dick's Last Resort. Is there, is there really Dick's Last Resort? There like is. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, no. I have. If I ever go in there, I'm going in guns blazing. <laughs> I'm like, you're not gonna be. You're not gonna put a hat on me, buddy. There's not a single person in here who I'm ashamed of yelling at everybody. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> 
Like, uh, that is, uh, yeah, I guess they, they got her, the Bubba Gump's crowd had to go somewhere. Dick's Last Resort <laughs> seems like a perfect spot. Yeah, it's really funny because they have, like, these big signs that are like, get a blowjob, yeah. it's sloppy. Also, <laughs> we have kids' meals. <laughs> I gotta go there, man. I might go there. And next time yeah. I'm supposed to go to Galatoire's, I'm like, oh, sorry, I changed the reservation to Dick's <laughs> Last Resort. <laughs> Yeah. Brennan's was full. I'll see you, see you guys at Dick's. I always like when a restaurant shtick is just like naming stuff dirty. It's like, it's not onion rings. It's called a crusty hole. <laughs> Dick's. Dick. Another sponsor. Yeah. Let's see if there's any businesses left in New Orleans. That's how we get through. Dick's is not. No, they're not going to sponsor us. Um, Lee Zurich, a man who is desperate to be deported from the city, it would appear. Uh, one of his investigations, I guess, triggered the city to start combing through Mayor Kentrell's hotel upgrades. Uh-oh. After Fox 8 first started asking questions, they hate when you do that. They don't like that. About New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell's hotel room upgrades on some of her trips in 20. 20- 22, the city now says it will take a closer look to determine if the mayor and a member of her security detail owe taxpayers money. I don't even need to read the rest of this. I know exactly what the result will be. They One, they do. Uh-huh. And two, they're going to say that they don't. They're going to say they don't. Then it'll become beyond uh, a fact. Like it will be such an obvious fact and beyond argument. And then she will magically come up with the money and pay for it because she's obviously corrupt and taking some sort of kickback from someone on something uh, that she's just like coming up with this money. She didn't have money to pay her taxes before she was the mayor. And now she like had enough money to pay for, what was it, like $40,000 in flight upgrades? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be some outrageous number in whatever European hotels that she's upgrading herself <laughs> to the presidential suite. Um, you know, this is uh, 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 this playbook now has happened so many times, and no one's questioning, like, hey, I wonder where she's getting the money for this. Yeah, the uh, it's the same thing we said about the flights. The travel policy outlines that employees have to obtain the lowest possible nightly lodging rates and that travel upgrades at the city's expense are not permitted. Uh, receipts show that her uh, security team at NOPD officer's room was $916. Uh, however, Cantrell's room was nearly 2500 after she upgraded to a king suite. Jesus now, obviously, so she needs the king suite for security. <laughs> no king has ever been... I don't think there's anything... Uh, what do they call it? Regicide? <laughs> There's also your security is in a different, smaller room. Wow. If you're so worried about security, they should have stayed in your room. And then you would have saved the $900. (laughs) And they probably stayed in your room anyway, considering the fact (laughs) that we know that your security guard filed for divorce because he's in your apartment all the time. On that one trip, Cantrell may have overcharged taxpayers nearly $1,600 in upgrade cost. Whoops. But it's also at the point where it's like, man, if only... They had $1,600 in tax money. Then someone else could steal it. <laughs> it's not like... I I shudder to think of how many traffic lights are just gone forever from the storm. The storm was very bad in certain areas, but it doesn't really matter because it's going to be affecting the lights everywhere. Everywhere, yes. Uh, and that'll be the reason. Isn't there still lights out from Ida? Oh, yeah. 
was like a year and four months ago. The lights are always fluctuating, whether they are on or off uh, by the Superdome. Yeah. I know sometimes they turn them off on purpose for security measures, but I think, you know, Barney Fife needs to flick the switch back on <laughs> so I don't get killed driving to my job at Dave & Buster's. <laughs> I left a negative review for uh, Dave & Buster's online. You and literally everyone else. I occasionally will just go on TripAdvisor when I'm really bored and look at places like Dave & Buster's oh. <laughs> because the reviews are so catastrophically bad. I think it has like two stars, which is almost impossible yeah. for any place to be like just like viciously negatively reviewed over and over and over again. You can hire people to get the negative reviews removed. Sure. I, I worked at places that that did that. I, wor I worked at a place in Los Angeles that did that. And we had like a four and a half star review. <laughs> and we had one review that we could leave up and hundreds left. Dave and Buster's doesn't know that. Dave and Buster, I fucking wrote War and Peace about my <laughs> experience at Dave On and Buster's. I'm not going to say. Okay, okay. There's we'll only two, so people will find. I gotta, I have to change my name on there again, mm -hmm. so people. It's obvious who I am. I'm the one that uh, capitalized my <laughs> yeah, I words. And, I had a, a semicolon <laughs> in there. Yeah. I used furthermore <laughs> talking about Guitar Hero. What was I saying? Uh, Dave and Buzz. Oh yeah, these fuckers respond to me, and they're like, "Hey, we appreciate your complaint. Uh, go fill out this form with your complaint." Oh, and I was like, yeah. "This was the form. Wasting yeah. any more time? I'm not going back. You'll be back. <laughs> oh, believe me, you'll be back." They sent me an email saying, uh, "Hey, thanks for uh, you know complaining about our restaurant. We hope to see you again." <laughs> No coupon. They they know that they'll. I will say, last year I went to a Wendy's on New Year's Day. I always eat Wendy's on New Year's Day. <laughs> they spilled a full. I ordered online. They never started it. Just I was like, it was like twelve people. I ordered it an hour before. They didn't touch it. I get in the line. They're like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "All right, do you see the really long order?" She's like. Oh, yeah. I was like, so you haven't done anything about that, huh? I was like, it says on the app it's ready. She's like, oh, no, 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 it's not. And then she literally spilled a giant, like, biggie-sized drink into my car on top of me <laughs> and then handed me, like, six napkins. It was like, see ya. And so I sent an email to the owner of the store. I was like, this is legitimately, like, almost comic. Like, I felt like Ashton Kutcher was about to pop up around the side, you know. Uh, and uh, they sent me $100 in Wendy's gift cards. Whoa. Which is like a, a lifetime supply of JBCs. And you're wearing the pants right now. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's, the zipper didn't work. It's <laughs> stuck with cola. So there are ways to handle it where it's like, hey. And the guy's like, it sounds like the worst experience imaginable. It's like, it was pretty bad, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but you know, and and I, I, yeah. So anyway, I've never done it to any other restaurant ever. But every time you hear of like a 
decent establishment that you have a truly awful experience. They'll at least do something for you. And uh, and Dave and Buster seems like the exact place that would be like, thanks for telling us you and everyone else hates it here, yeah. but we have the football throwing game and you can't get that anywhere else. So go fuck yourself. I thought I would at least get like a Dave and Buster's ashtray. <laughs> you get to go in the store and pick out anything under 20,000 yeah. tickets. I get the IC machine. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for Polk and Kush this week. As always, we appreciate you listening, you sharing, you subscribing, all that good stuff. You've listened to podcasts. You know what to do. We're sponsored by Crescent Canna. Use code KUSH, K-U-S-H-50, for 50% off topical CBDs. Uh, we love Crescent Canna. DraftKings, you're gambling. It's the best. Use promo code Polk and Kush. I lost sure a hockey bet today. Yeah? Brutal. Did you bet that there was a hockey game? <laughs> <laughs> I bet the over on a hockey game because somebody told me that it was, was the over bet. one. Yeah, the over was was six, and it ended three to two. I just saw it as you're talking. I almost bet on the uh, World Cup game. I was like, I don't. I didn't even know that was. I thought it was macaroon. I <laughs> Morocco. M A R. That's not how you spell Morocco. The president of the country. Ever comes to Take a break.